This is the World in Brief from the Economist. Our top stories. Lawmakers in Peru voted 101 to 6 to oust Pedro Castillo as president shortly after he tried to dissolve Congress. He was detained by police and replaced by his vice president, Dino Balarte. Earlier, in an attempt to evade impeachment, Mr. Castillo had said he would disband the legislature and rule by emergency decree. An inept leftist, he cycled through more than 70 ministers in his government and figures in five criminal probes. German police arrested 25 alleged members and supporters of a far-right terrorist group on suspicion of plotting to overthrow the country's government. The group, which included one active soldier and several reservists, planned to storm the German parliament and seize power in a violent coup, according to the prosecutor's office. Police carried out 130 related searches across Germany on Wednesday morning. The Taliban staged the first public execution in a crowded sports stadium in the southwest of Afghanistan since taking power last year. A father shot the man convicted of murdering his son. The government's spokesman said the decision to carry out the punishment had been made, quote, very carefully. America said it marked a, quote, return to the regressive and abusive practices of the 1990s. Saudi Arabia logged a budget surplus of $27 billion, or 2.6% of GDP, in 2022 as it benefited from elevated oil prices. Preliminary figures suggest the kingdom's economy will grow by 8.5% this year, said the finance ministry, beating the IMF's prediction by about one percentage point. By contrast, global GDP is forecast to expand by 3.2% in 2022. Russian forces killed at least 441 civilians during the early weeks of the war in Ukraine and may have committed war crimes, said the UN's Human Rights Office, though the civilian death toll is probably much higher. The organization gathered evidence from 102 towns and villages near the capital, Kyiv, and in the northern regions of Chernihiv and Sumy between February 24th and early April. Britain approved its first coal mine in 30 years. The proposed site in northwest England will produce coking coal for use in steelmaking. The project's backers say there is domestic demand for the stuff, but the two firms making steel with coal in England have plans to adopt cleaner methods. Earlier, the government's climate change advisor called the plan, quote, absolutely indefensible. India's central bank raised its key interest rate by 35 basis points to 6.25% in a further bid to restrain inflation. It is the fifth such hike since May. Retail inflation is currently running at almost 7%, well above the bank's target. The bank also lowered the country's growth forecast for its financial year from 7% to 6.8%. And fact of the day, $2,000, the price per kilogram of fine white Darjeeling tea, known as the champagne of teas. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A cloudy forecast for Japan's economy. The world's third largest economy is not doing well. Japan's GDP shrank by an annualized 1.2% in the third quarter of 2022, according to an estimate released last month. A revision due on Thursday is expected to provide little cheer. 
Economists had predicted an expansion in the third quarter, but a surge in coronavirus infections over the summer and higher inflation caused partly by a decline in the value of the yen took a toll on the economy. But there may be sunshine ahead. The government stimulus package should soon make a difference, and the lifting of COVID-related travel curbs is expected to bring back tourists. It remains to be seen, however, if that will be enough to offset other problems, including tumbling real wages and depressed business confidence. Even if domestic demand recovers, Japan's economy will be hurt by a global recession. Disney tries to make streaming pay. By one measure, Disney is a big success in streaming. In just three years, its Disney Plus service has signed up 164 million members. The company has 236 million active subscriptions to Disney Plus and its other streaming platforms, Hulu and ESPN Plus. That is even more than Netflix, until recently the market leader. The only snag is that the business bleeds money. Last quarter, Disney lost $1.5 billion on streaming more than twice as much as in the same quarter last year. That hastened the sacking of its chief executive, Bob Chappick, on November 20th. On Thursday, Disney will put into practice its new plan for restoring profitability. Disney Plus in America will be punctuated by advertising for the first time. Viewers will have to pay $10.99 a month, 38% more than the current ad-free subscription price, to avoid ads. They may moan, but with Netflix launching ads last month, there is no escape. Streamers are determined to make the business pay. Wirecard's former bosses go on trial. Two and a half years ago, Wirecard collapsed into bankruptcy after admitting that the 1.9 billion euro $2 billion, the company was meant to have stored away in offshore escrow accounts, probably did not exist. On Thursday, Marcus Braun, the payment processing firm's Austrian former chief executive, and two other leaders will begin to stand trial at a court in Munich. Several key suspects will not be present. Jan Marsalek, the firm's COO, is on the run. The trial for fraud at a company once seen as a star of Germany's tech sector is expected to last more than a year. After an investigation that lasted more than 20 months, prosecutors allege that Mr. Braun and his accomplices stole more than 225 million euro of Wirecard funds, mainly through fake loans and doctored accounts to dupe banks and other creditors. He has denied any knowledge of manipulated accounts. They are charged with fraud, accounting irregularities, and embezzlement on a large scale. Just reading out all the charges will take around five hours. Times of Trouble for the News Sixty years ago on Thursday, hundreds of printers stopped operating their machines at the New York Times and went on strike. The number of strikers eventually swelled to 17,000, including reporters, photo engravers, and elevator operators from seven daily papers in New York. The walkout lasted 114 days 
and killed four papers. On Thursday, a similar coalition of 1,100 Times employees planned to walk off the job at midnight. The strikers hope a 24-hour stoppage will secure them higher wages. It comes at a difficult time for American media organizations, many of which are shedding staff in anticipation of an economic downturn, though The Times continues to report substantial profits. The Times, which has more paying digital subscribers than any other English-language paper in the world, has not sought a deal to avert the strike. The strikers will not slay the Grey Lady, but could fire up other disgruntled workers in the troubled industry. Harry and Meghan take on the firm again. Life in Britain's royal family is a dirty game, says Prince Harry. But it seems that he and his wife, Meghan Markle, cannot help but play it. On Thursday, more accusations are expected with the release of Harry and Meghan, a Netflix documentary series. In the six-episode series, the couple raise the stakes of their public relations war with Britain's royal family, accusing the palace of leaking and planting stories in the media. They also allege that the firm mistreated Miss Markle because of her race. The trailer has already caused a furore, with some alleging that it portrays the couple as being more harangued by the paparazzi than they actually were. Still, the couple hope to win hearts and minds. That quest will be helped by a recent controversy about Prince William's godmother, who resigned from royal duties after news that she had repeatedly asked a black British guest where she was really from. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which set of Roman biographies was written by Suetonius? Wednesday. Which modern Egyptian city is on the site of the ancient capital of Thebes? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jean Sibelius, who was born on this day in 1865. Music begins where the possibilities of language end. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>